Hi, I'm Marty. I'm Dave. I'm John. I'm Aaron. And this is Door 14 Hockey. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Door 14 Hockey Podcast. I'm your host Marty alongside Dave. Hello. And John. Hello. Uh, no Aaron tonight. Um, he literally a couple of about half an hour ago said he couldn't make it. So um, hope everything's okay there. Um, but uh, yeah, he'd be missed. Uh, guys, how are you doing? Dave, how are you doing? Grant, flat out. Kids are back to school. Uh, Gemma, wife's changed jobs. So it's just bonkers at the moment. Um, so yeah, just uh, taking one day as they come and seeing how we get on. <laughs> <laughs> that's just the right way to do it. Yeah, that's a that's a lot going on. Um, a lot of transitions yeah. going on at one time there. Um, yeah, hopefully, hopefully that that settles down in the next week or yeah. two. Anyway, once the kids get settled back into school and everything else, I did get that's to see it. your face. Um, and get to see the kids and stuff in person there at the start of um last weekend. Um, for the preseason game. Um, yeah, they had a great time. They had a, they did had a brilliant time. They seemed to have really good fun. Um, it was good seeing them. Uh, I think it was the first time we were chatting. I was chatting to obviously yeah. Xander, your oldest. Um, and I said to him, "How long do you think it's been?" And he was saying like he thinks maybe two or three years, probably since the last yeah, time he was at a game. I think it was probably two years. Yeah, with the COVID COVID break, and he didn't come last year because I didn't have a season ticket, so I didn't know what games was going yeah, through yeah, yeah. and stuff. So yeah, about two years, I would say. Yeah, he. Uh, they were definitely they were definitely all into it. So the war. Um, you can see. Obviously, there's a massive difference per the last time they were not that they weren't as yeah, interested, yeah, but you can see like a really engaged with the game this week, uh, last week, which was which was totally. good to see. Uh, John, um, unfortunately, we didn't see you. We haven't seen you around the rink yet. Um, hopefully, that will come in the next few months. How are you doing? No, wasn't around the SSE, but I was at the hockey. I was you bore. That's uh, true. I went to went to Dundee and saw the Giants uh, roll over the Stars. And it was Isla's first game as it, well. It was, it was. Uh, some cute photographs sent through as well of Isla at her first game with her, her Giants jersey and her, her little ear defenders, which was which was very cute. Um, yeah, which... she had a great time. And uh, I've got to, got to give a shout out here. Starsky, uh, the, the Stars mascot, was absolutely brilliant with her. Uh, pretty much as soon as we walked in, uh, Starsky spotted her, um, came straight over and was interacting with her. And it was brilliant. She absolutely loved it. Great, great. This won't be the first time we're going to praise the Dundee Stars um, for something um, in this podcast. We will get to that later on in the episode, um, but we do have something else to praise them for um, because obviously this past weekend there was uh, something very, rather special happened in the uh, arena, um, which we will talk about. And um, Dundee Stars fully um, took part in that, which was a massive thing. It was just great to see. So we will get to that um, later on in our podcast. Um, guys, I have a question for you, yes. John, just before we move on. So you're at an away game. Did they have the TV timeout? Oh, good question. Yes. Did they? So the power, the, so they're, they're officially called power breaks. Power breaks, um, yeah. So um, I think they're using the terminology that the CHL uses. Um, by calling them power breaks um so yeah they they are in and uh, the first i believe it's the first stoppage and play at halfway through the period yeah, in, we, what we uh, me, basically me and Marty were talking about 30 it. second yeah it's like and a, what we didn't know like whether a, it was 30 second timeout and is that league wide do we know it must yep, be it's been announced um there was there was an announcement about it about the league officially adopting Today? power breaks today well today, that was wasn't from the league it was from the giants i believe oh right okay 
um, saying about what um, tune the Giants fans want played during the power breaks. Um, so I, whether the Giants have basically officially announced it for the league or not, I don't know, um, or whether it's happened in a press release, we just haven't seen. But yeah, so that's that's it. So essentially, the power breaks are here and they're here to stay. We um because they they did start doing the power break uh, during the the first game of the preseason against Cardiff in yep. in, in the SSE, and both me and Dave were kind of like, oh, this is interesting. I wonder if they're doing it as like a kind of prelude to the CHL, but then it wouldn't just be, could it just be the Jazz just doing it themselves? Um, and then the same thing happened again last week and uh, against Dundee in the SSE, and we were kind of like, oh, this must be something that they're planning to keep doing over the season. And yeah, so they announced well, the Giants announced today, and um, they put out on their social media that they're obviously as you were saying looking music to go along with it so yeah this is obviously something that they're doing league-wide which uh is interesting that yeah, they've well, the, the giants the giants announcement said it was being adopted by the eihl mm. so that that effectively to me is the is the press release um, yeah. so we will see them we'll see those those power breaks rolled out across the league you know it's probably going to be different for the challenge cup don't get me wrong because that competition is just a hot mess anyway so it probably won't have it we will get to that as well because i've got a couple of questions for you john um later on in our podcast <laughs> so, <laughs> but they're directed towards you hang on let me let me scroll down here let me scroll down <laughs> oh thanks mark <laughs> Um, yeah, we'll we'll get to that in our overtime segment, um, guys. We don't have much else um, in the way of um, pre like pre game talk. Um, we've, we've got most of the stuff we're going to be covering. We'll cover in periods one, two, and three. Uh, we're back to our normal process. We're back to our kind of normal structure in some ways. Uh, we'll have three periods of. Um, of hockey in the podcast period one covering uk local coverage period two covering kind of nhl across the pond and then period three just any other stories that have caught our attention um we'll also have our penalty box segments at the each end of each period and also then our overtime segment at the very end um we also have our star segment, which uh, we will be including in this episode as well. Um, so we will be doing all of that in this episode. So back to normal, normal, back to normality, as you will. Uh, so, guys, if you're happy enough, what we will do is we'll get stuck straight into our period one of hockey. Okay, our period one of hockey is any stories um, and news from around the UK. Um, okay, I'm going to start off with um, so some initial stories for this period, um, looking particularly at the Elite Ice Hockey League. Um, the first one of that is obviously this week where they announced the Premier Sport, um, obviously we knew was continuing their sponsorship of the Elite League, um, Premier Sports Elite Ice Hockey League. Um, and also on top of that, we they have announced this week as well the Premier Sports initial fixtures, new voices, um, as well added to this year's roster. So Premier Sports have announced that they'll be doing 500 ice hockey games set to broadcast across the channels from the Elite League, Challenge Cup, NHL and WIHF championships. Uh, they'll also be covering the CHL as well um, as part of that um, on Free Sport, uh, which will be starting as well this week which i'll get into in a few more minutes the opening fixtures will be contested in the scottish derby uh dundee stars will host the five flyers dundee ice arena and uh, it'll be a challenge cup game on thursday the 15th of september the following wednesday then premier sports cameras will be live in planet ice alternum as manchester storm welcome the guildford flames and at the end of september coventry blaze will host cardiff devils in challenge cup uh before the nhl season starts at the end start of october um there's new additions to the team one big one um that everyone um will be anybody who's well anybody in the uk will know this name obviously if you're with gb international as well as uh 
Belfast um, legend Colin Shields um, is going to be joining the sports team, the the, the Premier Sports talent team there, um, alongside Paul Eddy and also Aaron Murphy. And joining him as well will be uh, Angela Taylor, who is also a GB International uh, six-time, well, uh, GB International hockey player as well for Team GB. Uh, she will also be joining the panel, so it'll be the team of four moving forward. Um, Guys, I mean, it's uh, it's good to see that there's some form of sports still being covered. Uh, we have a number of fixtures right across to December anyway, currently shown. Obviously, there'll be additional uh, fixtures added from 2023 in terms of from January through until March. That'll obviously be dictated by how the league is shaping up in terms of, you know, who's currently in the league or who's currently in the running for the championship. You know, all those sorts of things will, will be will play into factors there. Um, and they'll also have the exclusive Challenge Cup final coverage, entire playoff final weekend, everything else um, as well on top of that. I mean, again, you know, we talk about it it seems like maybe we've talked about it before, but you know, it's, it's a positive thing for at least a bit of TV coverage, Dave. I do love the uh, inclusion of uh, Premier Sport. Um, I don't, there isn't a logical home um, elsewhere for ice sports in general. The They're the only ones that have picked it up and, um, and Satanta before them. They're, you know, it's not really, it's been a long time since we've been on Sky. Um, and I think as long as the there's, um, a broadcaster willing to cover us. I think it's uh, it's it's brilliant, um, and especially since the piece we covered last uh, podcast, where the uh, Premier Sport was bought over by a larger European body. Um, you know that's only going to grow. Uh, it's going to be good. Hopefully, we'll get as they've obviously they've committed to more games, and I think that's probably more than last year. Um, but it'll be great to see. Yeah, as you say, there's obviously that commitment there. Um, and I think that commitment obviously shows with the fact we've already talked about those, you know, those those breaks, the power break, um, is not what we're calling them. You know, yes. the fact that they've introduced that to the league is part of that in terms of just getting people prepared for the fact that I think it must be as well to do with highlights as well in terms of they can split the highlights probably better as well if they're going to do a, a highlight show as part of that in terms of before the games are shown. Um, so it's a positive step. Uh, John, I mean, again, you know, as, D- as Dave already alluded to, you know, it's, um, you know, with the buy over there, recently with um, Premier Sport you know moving forward um, you know the, I'm sure there was no doubt that they were going to pick up because um, we knew the name hadn't changed for the league and stuff and obviously the league still being sponsored by Premier Sport I mean you know the fact that we've got new new voices and the likes of Colin Shields added to that that team um, that's only a positive thing as well No it is like I mean there's there's only one reason Sheds went away and got his new teeth and it's to look good on TV I mean that's that's going to be blinding in 4K uh, if he (laughs) smiles at anyone uh, while he's on screen Um, It's interesting Uh, it's definitely good to have um, any sort of broadcast deal for the league but it it is interesting when you look at the breakdown of the games that have been put out there and there there was a little bit of social media backlash um, against Premier and the the breakdown of the games uh giants now built in amongst these games there are two challenge cup quarterfinals which basically any of the 10 teams could be in uh, at this point uh but the other games uh i think i'm looking up the, the details here i think it's cardiff and coventry have three games that are definitely happening dundee guilford and sheffield have two games fife manchester and belfast have one game each uh, which I think, if I'm right, that leaves Nottingham and someone else. Fife. No, Fife have a game. Glas- uh, Glasgow? Just Nottingham. Glasgow. Glasgow. Nottingham and Glasgow uh, currently, at the moment, don't have mm. any broadcast games. 
Um, I'm sure they the don't question like the was asked, and who are they who are they owned well, by? <laughs> well, the question the question was asked: Who has Neil Black managed to annoy at Premier uh, that his teams won't be on TV unless they get into the Challenge Cup quarterfinal? Which you would imagine at least the Panthers probably will. Um, and we so say it year on year that, that it should be Glasgow's competition to win anyway. So you would like to think they'll make the quarters. Um, but it, it, look, it got a little bit of social media backlash. A um, few people commenting, saying, uh, mostly Nottingham fans, if I'm being totally honest, um, giving off, saying, I'm not going to see my team on TV. I'm going to cancel my subscription to Premier. Um, the response was, yeah, okay, fine. Cancel your subscription. <laughs> um, Premier, Premier are clearly not in this for that very lucrative uh, Elite League subscription money. Um but even Aaron Murphy uh, was jumping on and having a, a little um, troll back at some people um, and saying, look, there's two games that are still to TBC. Um, there's the Challenge Cup final, which any of your teams could still make, which we will definitely be broadcasting live. Uh, and there's the playoff final weekend. Um, so he's like, Panthers, clan, whoever, whether it's you're annoyed because Coventry have only got a couple of games on this uh, roster for the first half of the season. You'll, your team will be on TV, so just maybe calm down a little bit, guys. But um, it is interesting when we're we're only going to have what is that ten games uh, broadcast from our title sponsor, who is a broadcaster. Uh, it it does seem a little bit strange, but look, it's working for them. They're happy, and we're happy that there's any elite. Yeah, it's, it's I would say there's also an element of the the clubs themselves being a bit reluctant to push games whenever both the uh, obviously attendance and their own uh, streaming services are both direct revenue streams. Um, there might be a bit of a, I don't want to be on it too much. Um, I want to be on it enough to you know generate a buzz, but I don't want to be on every week because I'm going to lose out on that uh, good stream of money. Yep. Um, also to take into it, I suppose, as well, that they wouldn't put the Giants on it too many times because obviously they've got our CHL games. Um, so... You know, get to see the Giants as much as we want. <laughs> That's true. Um, and you were mentioned there, Dave. Um, just before we moved on, I did want to mention that too. Is you know, you were saying a very good point. That was going to be the next question. You know, obviously, with the revenue stream coming in, the revenue coming in for the the different streams, with all of the different teams having v- different variations of, of streaming. This year, obviously, Guildford have announced that they are going to mm-hmm. have um. They're going to have a stream a webcast this year for the first time. Um, so they're going to be added to that list of teams that have webcasts. Um, we all know that Nottingham have a webcast, but whether or not they always go with it and know do it or not is... Well, I think, I think they're they're in, intending, I think, to be a bit more regular with it. And I think so are Glasgow. Um, Did they, Glasgow they bring one in like last Did Glasgow bring yeah, one in last year? Not, not last year. I think there was an announcement over the summer. Um, and that had left Guildford kind of swinging in the breeze a little bit. The only ones. Um, and they they announced saying that quite late on in the summer, uh, we're we're doing it. Here's a webcast, guys. Um, they're, now, they're... I mean, saying that, I've seen some clips that have come out of the preseason stuff, and nobody has invested in their cameras again. Um, Coventry's live game camera still looks like something that Andy Pandy was filmed on. <laughs> I don't even know what Andy Pandy is, but okay, Dave. Now, now with everybody having some sort of uh, live media presence, either uh, every game night or at least available, there needs to be a push then now for a unified platform for everyone to... So you have one place to go. Now, the money can go wherever the heck you want. Each individual team could have different uh, operators, but a single web platform um, for access would be ideal. Be so amazing. you can go in and buy... 
so many tokens, you know, and then go with it. Um, if they all but that's, together that's exactly that, so. what the NHL does. They all have oh, yes, broadcast yeah. local broadcast partners who provide their coverage, who provide their mm-hmm. commentators, but it all feeds into the NHL network. It feeds into their online platform. There is no reason now not to do it. And do you know exactly. what? The way that things like the Challenge Cup um, later stages were handled last season um, and the playoff stuff with the, them all turning into league events where the league got a share of the money, then that just proves the model that you can just apply the same thinking to webcasting and have mm-hmm. a single platform with a single subscription and you can log in and watch whatever game you want. As long as they're not on premiere, you just do obviously black out those games. After that, it's a single platform. Yeah. Good and idea. then they, it's also a, an extra revenue stream for advertisements. You know, the NHL do it. You've got uh, bespoke advertisements only shown on their web platform um, that aren't shown for the local markets. And that is, again, another revenue stream purely for the league that doesn't impact the uh, the final product because we'll have the TV that's, timeouts. That's really simple. So, yeah, that's that's really simple to do because you know that exactly. you're going to get your TV timeouts. So make those your your title sponsor. That's a Premier Sport advert that goes in there. Yeah. Um, the other breaks that you decide to do or that you either do or don't take, you arrange that you'll have two breaks in per per period where you'll advertise a local company. There's a exactly. revenue stream for every team. Yep. 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 Uh, guys, we so, mentioned uh, door, uh, door fourteen dot. Uh, calm if you need any more ideas <laughs> absolutely yep <laughs> speak to us look come and speak to us look um we talked about there obviously the um you know premier sports having the elite league coverage um coming up over the course of the season but this coming weekend um sees the start. well today actually sees the start of the chl um the first games are right now as we are recording um i seen berlin were up um in their game i was watching a tiny bit of that um just via twitter didn't um i think i don't know if it's covered on free sports today or not but the belfast giants game first game on youtube by the way will be on tomorrow um, on Free Sport. Uh, I think it's at 4 p.m. is the face-off time. Um, and that will be there tonight, if you're listening to the podcast on Friday. Friday, yeah. So, yep. We're recording on Thursday, so it's tomorrow for us. But yeah, tonight, if you're listening this morning on a Friday morning, yeah, you know what I mean. Um, but the Belfast Giants um, will be, um, are, are currently, um, I suppose, uh, they're, they're currently in... Um, and I suppose away at the moment um, and I see they put up photographs today of them um, up on the training and the ice um, getting their legs stretched out um, ready for, for the first game of the CHL action tomorrow um, in the Czech Republic um, the team we're up against tomorrow is Trinic um, for, as part of the, the Czech League Um it's exciting times. We've also got the game tomorrow and then we've got a home game um, this coming Sunday as well. Um Dave, you're going to be at the game on Sunday. Um, are you excited, as excited this time around as you were the last time around with the CHL? I, I love the, the CHL. I know there's the detractors maybe slightly less than there has been before, but I, I think it's um, there's absolutely no drawback to being in a competition where you're playing teams that are, in essence, um, a calibre um, above our league. Um, now, that's not saying that they're better, because we know. The Giants on any given night can can take uh, anything to the wire. And we've seen that the last time in the CHL. We got a week out a couple of wins, um, and it'd be nice to see the same. But the it's one win. Um, the big big benefit though is you get to test your metal against some of the best teams in Europe, and the it's definitely going to be 
um, something they're going to be able to take something away from. Uh, and I, I think it's going to be uh, nothing but good things. Yeah, so there you go, John. This is this is our big, this is our uh, big team preseason, if you will. <laughs> those those European teams we were talking about. Um, this is uh, this is this is proper preseason. But let let's be let's be fair. I mean, the the GB teams should absolutely strike fear into these big European clubs because nowhere else has a team taken a loss to an elite league team and then folded. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's very true. That's a good point. Um, we have, obviously, we, we are up against Davos um, on this coming Sunday in the SSE Arena. Um, uh, that's going to be an interesting one. Um, for, they're coming in from the Swiss National League. Um, they, they, they're they currently the host. They host um, anybody who doesn't know Davos is the host of the Spangler Cup, which um, is hosted there every single year. Uh, their arena for anybody who is going from the Belfast Jeff, Jeff Jans fan base. Uh, we fortunately couldn't make it this year, but that was definitely the arena we were trying to uh, arrange to get yeah. to. That arena is something else. That is a, it's a beautiful, cathedral. it's a cathedral indeed. Like it is a yeah. beautiful, beautiful space uh, it's an amazing arena looking um and there's a reason why we wanted to go there but unfortunately just with just time and journey and logistics. travel just, logistics just wasn't possible this time yeah. around um, so we're going to coventry instead <laughs> yeah, <sorry>. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which i hear is also like a cathedral as well the cathedral, okay, yeah. <laughs> the cathedral of uh coventry yeah um but it's no no careful that you, you don't want to rock up with tickets to the ice hockey to coventry cathedral <laughs> um <laughs> I mean, it's 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 a uh, it's it's an exciting few games ahead. You know, um, if we're a hundred percent honest and hundred percent, you know, using our brains rather than our hearts as Belfast Giants fans, we know the likelihood of progressing is probably quite slim. Um, and that's me being a nice air, maybe, and people are like, oh, you know, you're not giving enough faith in them. But you know, we're up against high quality caliber teams you know we, we if we go in a history of this this you know this competition in terms of what we've seen in the past from you know the giants being in it but also cardiff devils been in it in the past and 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 the different elite league teams being in it uh, it's you know it's it's good experience to have but it's not something you would you would see as a you know, you wouldn't you wouldn't see us advancing towards the finals if we're if we're hundred percent honest. Um, and that's using our yeah. brains rather than our hearts, unfortunately. Um, would I, am I wrong in saying that? Do you think, Dave? I, I'd be happy um, with a couple of wins. Um, I would like to see improvement. You know, um, if you know, even if it's small steps. Um, so two wins, I'd be happy. Be happy to continue with one win. Um, heck, I would even be continue with. Uh, I would be happy with none if the performance was there on the night because the that to, to this day one of the best games we well, I watched um, John you may agree with me whenever we had our uh, media pass and seen the final game of the CHL that was an unbelievable game and it was a 4-2 loss or something similar um, but it was like it was unbelievable you know it was fantastic and uh, at any other night we could have could have won that you know so um, as I said if we can see improvement um, but if I see the the team um, perform on the night, then that's it's all all you can ask for. And if it uh, solidifies the team before we hit the the league, then all the better. 
Yeah. Um, as we mentioned, that game, both games this coming week, this this coming week, this coming weekend, uh, both Belfast Giants games, home and uh, away and home game, um, both tomorrow Friday and Sunday, as well, uh, are both going to be straight are going to be live on Free Sport. Um, so if you for some reason can't make it to the arena on Sunday, if you're a Belfast Giants fan, you can't make it. Like John, sorry, John. Uh, at least you know you'll be what you'll be able to watch it uh, free on Free Sport. Um, most. I'll be here. I'll be here in the fortress of fortitude. <laughs> I think was that was that Aaron named that was that was that Aaron's coining that he. I feel like it? it was Dave. Uh, I think it was. Me. Was it Dave? Sorry, Dave. Yeah. I apologise. That's fine. That's fine. Um, yes. Um, so, uh, John, we'll we'll wave to the camera every now and again, see if you spot us. I'm sure you, you know where we sit, so you'll be looking out for us. Um, I do in fact, I saw I saw you in a, a video that we're going to talk about later on. Oh, okay. Uh, oh right yep okay um we're moving on obviously the belfast giants fans have uh chl action this weekend so that's the first competitive games of the season for everyone else in the elite ice hockey league uh the preseason schedule does continue um this coming weekend um both uh saturday and sunday um third and fourth so glasgow clan versus dundee manchester taking on guildford and nottingham taking on the devils sheffield Steelers will be taking on coventry um and if i'm right in saying they're all double headers so uh, home and away fixtures for both of those i think nottingham are, are, are dubbing it the aladdin cup i think is their their <laughs> usual pre-season uh naming God. of things um so i think that's the aladdin cup this coming weekend for the nottingham panthers um but for everybody around the league uh, enjoy this last weekend of pre-season action um before you move into uh full competitive games the following weekend um and that should be uh, exciting too. I think the Challenge Cup is the first up games up um, next weekend. So, um, yes, that's uh, yeah. John, your excitement is showing through there. Calm down. It really is. It really is. <laughs> um, guys, the one last story before um, we move on um, to the last part. Um, just this was one that I picked up and I've added to our running order. This is the um and we started chatting about it briefly just before we come out of the cordon. Um I know John you had some thoughts on this and I have thoughts on this too. Um the Cardiff are the Nottingham Panthers posted this week a a story uh, they put up a story um and it was titled Final Pandemic Makeup Game Confirmed. Uh so the Premier Sports Elite League encounter with Coventry Blaze on Saturday the 17th of September will be a final makeup game for the curtailed 2019-20 season. It's the last of the five makeup games from the season cut short because of the COVID pandemic. Current season ticket holders who were season ticket holders in 2019-20 will have this included in their tickets so they do not do anything. Uh, the game will not be included in this year's 26-game season ticket so current season ticket holders will have to purchase their seats for that game. All non-season ticket holders who were season ticket holders in 2019-20 will be allocated a ticket for the makeup game. Tickets can be collected from the box office. Now, I get what you're saying, John, in terms of it makes sense in some ways. You know, obviously there was games cut short and no, hang, hang on hang on don't let's no, not give no, no, them me, too much credit okay let's let's not give them too much credit let okay? me let, let me get started let me just say what i was going to say and then uh, we'll, we'll, get, we'll take it from there i get what you were saying before we came onto the podcast they obviously they they the game the season was cut short they didn't refund people as part of the season ticket they didn't refund so therefore there was tickets that they felt they feel that they have to give these games to people you know as part of a, a a way of making sure people get the money's worth from whatever that season was. My thing on it was not not all teams. A lot of teams cut short that season, and a lot of teams, which is great. Then Nottingham, fair enough. Nottingham are doing 
not not even be doing something better than some other teams in terms of they're actually offering something for a change compared to some of the other teams. My thing take on it was it's a bit strange. Do you not think that they have worded it in this way? It's worded in a really weird way. First off, Final Pandemic makeup game. I think it's really weird they've worded it that way. But I think I think it's a bit strange though that they have excluded their current season ticket holders as part of that. Does it not? Does it not just seem a bit weird? Am I am I wrong? No, John. You, you no, need no, no, take no, no. So right. So two. It's twofold. The first one is the the terminology on the story is terrible. Uh, to say it's a, a what is it final makeup game confirmed it makes it sound like they're still trying to complete the 1920 season which is hilarious uh, for, for a start it, it's just poor wording here and i i get that yes. um, the other side the, the the flip side of it is um the fact that we've had a full season and there's still it's only five games that they had you seriously would think that they could have done that all last season uh, and given season ticket holders, granted, last season for the Panthers was the pits. And to be honest, I don't think any Panther season ticket holder would have thanked you for a f- free ticket into that season. Um, this one, you're saying about excluding this year's season ticket holders, it's new season ticket holders who they're excluding. Yes, so their mean. season ticket doesn't cover every, their season ticket does not cover every game. So it's not that they've just excluded this game. They get a set number of games with a number where season ticket holders still have to buy their tickets. This is a standard thing across the league. The Panthers do it, the Steelers do it. I don't think the Devils do it. I think the Devils, the Giants, all of their games are included. All regular season and uh, group stage Challenge Cup games are included. Um, But a few teams, it's only a certain number of their games are included. There are some regular season games that aren't. So by not including that game in this year's season ticket, it means that that is something that they're giving back to those fans who were season ticket holders in the pandemic season. So they're saying, right, everyone starts on a level playing field. Everyone gets 26 games out of the 30, 32 games, 35 mm-hmm. games, whatever it is uh, that's across the um, group stages of the Challenge Cup and the Elite League. Um, they're then saying, right, here's game 27 for you guys who missed out a couple of years ago. So that's what they're doing. So I don't think it's weird that they've excluded, and I don't. they haven't excluded anyone, if I'm being honest. They've just added on for those older, existing 1920 season ticket holders. So it's fine. Their terminology and use of language is terrible. Um, not as bad as the Steelers, but... It's still pretty bad. Mm. Here's one for you. So, it and note this is no disrespect to Coventry or anything like that. Why did they pick Coventry? Why didn't they pick you know like something like a big game? <laughs> and do you know what it is? I would have to. I don't have the energy to look at what games are included in the Panther season ticket. I would assume that given it's the biggest rivalry in hockey, all the Sheffield games are probably included already, and all the Giants and devil's games are already included if they were smart that's what they would do to make a full barn for those games i would assume that the likes of fife dundee maybe coventry which seems a bit sucky i mean coventry can be a good team to play against Um, i was thinking more for the last few seasons they haven't been title 
title contenders. That's was, just being truthful. I was thinking more along the lines of it's maybe just like for like. So maybe they just picked the five teams, you know, because they said it was five games that were that were. This is the final, the final, the, the last of the five games. I'm just thinking, is it like for like? Is this a team that they were supposed to play as part of those five games, and therefore they're just making sure people are getting the same team again? Um, you know, was it that the other teams were maybe Cardiff, so they gave a Cardiff game previously? Was it that one of the other games is maybe against yeah Dundee or someone, and was that one of the games that they've included as well? I, I you know, obviously we, you could go back and have a look. I'm not going to because I couldn't be bothered. Um, <laughs> but you know, it's don't get me wrong. If it was the Giants, I'd go back and check it. But we get all the games anyway. <laughs> this is true. Um, it was just it was just weird when it was put out. I kind of I missed you guys. And first of all, my my brain was just kind of exploding because you say John, it was just the way it was worded. I was like, why why make it sound like as if like you didn't complete 2019? Like why make it sound like it's games that you just have to finish from 2019? It didn't it didn't make any Honestly, sense. When I when I first looked at it, I went, Jesus, Neil Black really wants a trophy really bad that he's gonna travel <laughs> two years back in time, play games for a season that's not there, and then say, We played more games, give us the trophy. <laughs> not your Panthers, nineteen twenty Elite League champions. <laughs> um there's only one other thing that I want to raise, and it's not we're not gonna go into much detail on this because obviously it's a it's um obviously there's other other people um around the uk who know more about obviously um the eiha and the siha and stuff there obviously is some issues going on in in nihl um both division one and division two at the moment two two at the moment and maybe we'll we'll have a look a bit more into this um before their season due to start we'll talk about this maybe in the next podcast um obviously it's the start of the month and there's a couple of issues and a couple of concerns at the moment um in relation to i think the number of teams with not enough players currently covering um you know, not enough, not full rosters, I suppose you should say. Don't know a lot of detail on it. Um, it's only stuff that I, we've read today um, that was put up kind of early this morning. Um, so not really much homework done on it. Apologies. But um, it'd be interesting to maybe look into that maybe in the next period, next um, the next episode um, guys and just kind of see what's going on um, maybe reach out to um, some of our friends uh, in, in the know in those other leagues and, and, and kind of get a bit more information about what's going on so I just thought I'd mention that because obviously we talked about it earlier um, and we'll maybe focus on that maybe in the next episode if that's alright Yep. Perfect. Um, yep. The only other thing then in this period is, although it's not technically, it wasn't officially um, something that's been followed up by disciplinary action, but uh, we do have one feature for our uh, penalty box. Um, so we will get sent, stuck into our penalty box for period one. All right, John, you added this to our, our, our running order. Um, this is something you sent to us early this morning in our group chat. Um, this was an incident um, between uh, in Coventry uh, against Nottingham Panthers this past weekend uh, during their, I should say, I, I'm just going to preface this. This past weekend and this coming weekend is, and I'm going to put it in inverted commas for anybody who can't see, who's not watching our, our YouTube. Uh, <laughs> it was friendly games or preseason friendlies. We should put in inverted commas. But uh, if it was anything like the Belfast-Dundee game in the SSC Arena this past weekend, it was anything but friendly. It, it was, was pretty desperate. feisty and fiery. Um, uh, and it you didn't can, look like... I can really tell uh, where, um, where, the, where they learned to coach, you know what I mean? Where Jeff learned to coach. Like, it's definitely a Adam Keith style of team. Like, you know? it, was, uh, it, was, it was an interesting take, but um, I, I guess um, there was, it, was, it wasn't... Uh, gent- there weren't, there was no gentle playing in Coventry and Nottingham, was there, was there John? Um, well, first things first, there's no such thing as a friendly in hockey. Um, the second one, this game was actually yesterday. This was, oh. uh, this was Wednesday night. This was a midweek game, even better. This is, this is on a school night. 
this happened. Um, so, um, in the game, Panthers were kind of rolling over the blaze. Um, they were they were certainly demolishing um, the the blaze. They looked to be having a fairly poor kind of game. Um, that was up until uh, late on in the third period, I believe, with just about five minutes to go. A Coventry player made a, a run up the ice and was tripped on the play and then made contact with the netminder. Now, uh, with the Nottingham netminder, I should say. Now, to my mind, guys, in that play, the Nottingham netminder, Dubot, instigates the contact. Um, he sees the Coventry player coming towards him he leads in with the blocker. Now, regardless of what happens behind the play, after all, Debo gets up and tries to have a go. Um, he definitely throws a couple of hands, uh, either with the blocker or with the, the catcher. But the initial contact um, is all from the netminder. Now, it all kicks off because the Coventry player, um, while he's on his backside, standing next to the netminder, decides to sweep the leg of the netminder <laughs> and he goes down hard on his backside. Now, I'm not going to, I don't want to go light on this either. The the play by the forward, by the Coventry forward to not even the play, the decision to take the legs out from the netminder is dangerous. Um, the netminder goes down, he goes down flat and he goes down potentially to the back of his head as well. Um, okay. It's it's not a great look for either team in this one. Now, Dubot gets, uh, gets thrown out the game and he got five plus game for illegal equipment, I believe, was the call on the night. Um, and I think the player only got a two minor, or maybe it was two plus five um, for what had gone on on the ice. Um, someone will correct me, um, and I'm too lazy to go and check what the call actually was. Um, but it's an interesting one. Um, you guys have had a look at the video as well. Dave, what's your thoughts? Are you in the same yeah, sort of no, thought process as me on this one? You can... It's yeah um i do agree um to an extent it's hard to tell but then none of these calls are ever easy to to, to get 100 percent. but there is definite contact from the blocker with the player um which is enough for the the ban or to kick out the boot from the game but the definitely that trip is uh is, is super dangerous um see the netminders padding along the around his back backside down his back is like almost next to nothing to allow them the movement to get in front of pucks uh, at the front um and they are they aren't they aren't as well protected on the back um same as uh, all all players um but even things like their their helmet um you know it's just literally a piece of plastic rest on the back of their head you know there's very little foam protection there it's not designed to take a take a hit um so it's um it is it, it is dangerous and you know any of that is uh, needs to be you know stomped out definitely, um, but the 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 reaction straight after is sort of what you expect um, when you see your netminder go down. Um, and uh, here's hoping we don't see too much of that in the season to come, either the either the first event or second. Marty, you in the same same boat as us? Yeah, very much so. Um, it's clear that the the where the initial contact came from. Um, as you say, I don't know if it's this the trip and then therefore kind of. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, as you say, kind of the tripping was the initial thing, or he's kind of he's tripped and fall, and he's kind of went forward. Goalie was trying to protect himself, put his art, put his blockers out to protect himself. Doesn't really look like that. It looks like a bit more aggressive than kind of just him trying to protect himself. To be fair, 
uh, but the 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 over, the, the initial the, the I suppose the response in terms of the sweep of the legs and bring them down on his back, dangerous move. Um, I think if we were in the middle of the season, if we at the start of the season or in the season, I think that probably would have definitely had a, a more look into it from um, Dops um, if they are in existence this year. <laughs> we'll see. Well, this this is my this is my other question, guys. Like considering that we are in preseason, we are still under the EIHL rulebook. Um, with a situation like this, or say there was something more severe, should Dops be involved in with these games? Should there be repercussions for the actions undertaken on these games, or do we just open up the the book and say preseason anything goes, guys, go and take each other's heads off? No, I think I think you're right. I think um, if we're in preseason mode, if we're in if it's being ref um, by the official referees of the elite league, and the elite league is you know it's an official elite league, well, it's a it's a recognised elite league fixture in terms of just preseason and everything else. And as I say, they're they're the officiating is involved. I think it should be exactly the same. They should be following the same um, rules and, and regulations. If there's a, an incident, a severe enough incident happens in preseason, then it should be followed up. I mean, if we look at the NHL. Uh, the NHL, when you've got the preseason games and the all those um, earlier games before the, the the league the league sets off, if there's anything that um, rises in there that looks to be of any kind where player disciplinary should be taking place in terms of um, per perfor- uh, bad behaviour or misconduct or whatever that might be, that is reviewed and that uh, that action is taken and added to the start of the NHL season. I shouldn't see any difference here. Uh, it should be the same, um, and I'm quite surprised actually that that wouldn't have been looked at. Or I suppose maybe the teams officially don't ask for rulings on reviews yet because it's not something that you do in preseason. Um, but I, I would imagine if that was the first game of the season, that would have been definitely something that um, that Coventry and Nottingham, well, Nottingham in particular, would have probably put out to say, um, I want that reviewed to see what happened there, um, maybe to start with. Um, but, you know. Dave, it's, it's um, one, other thing that, one other thing that occurs to me, is uh, Nottingham's new netminder the easiest to wind up since Craig Kowalski? <laughs> I was about to say it'll be interesting to watch him to see what happens um, because he did um, he was very quick to react um, to that trip you know okay yes it could have been bad but even throughout the game you could see he was a bit cagey a couple of really unbelievable saves he pulled off um, and then that goal he think he wanted back but it was uh you could tell he was maybe something was getting under his skin, and we all know Coventry have a proclivity to to do that. So um, it'll be interesting to watch to see if he is. We always love a good character in this league, like so. We do indeed. Must have been, must have been really interesting as a, a Coventry fan watching the opposition's netminder go mental. <laughs> um, can we can we also just uh, can we just throw it out there into the into the ether? Fourteen minutes is not a highlights package, Coventry. <laughs> 14 minute YouTube video is not highlights. That's nearly a period of hockey. Catch yourselves on. <laughs> Just it was so filled with interesting things to you know that happened in that game. Dave, all of that happened 12 minutes into the video. <laughs> whereas literally, if you watch that whole, I watched that whole video to try and find that, not knowing what time it actually happened. That there's so much of guys just skating at centre ice. It's like there's so much pointless hockey in this highlights package. It's horrendous. For five a, minutes, five minutes is a highlights package. For anybody watching on our YouTube, our YouTube channel, our YouTube video um, of this podcast, uh, the highlights there were provided by the Coventry Blaze. So uh, all credit goes to them for those highlights, um, guys. I think that is us for period one. If we're happy to, we'll get stuck into our period two of hockey. 
hello and uh, welcome to period two of hockey where we'll talk about uh, hockey from everywhere in the world apart from the United Kingdom um, with a usually with a bit of focus on the NHL. Um, I'm going to kick this one off just because um, Marty was uh, nice enough to add my story in. <laughs> so in the last uh, week or so, the um, Arizona Coyotes uh, new arena well, I use that term loosely. New Arena has been announced and it is the Mullet Arena, if I'm right in saying. Um, you! <laughs> with a capacity of, I think, what is it in my article? I think like 9,000? 5,000. 5,000. Five. So it's... Five. Yeah, Less so it is now... Less the SSE. Yeah. So the SSE being 7,500 for standard hockey capacity. Um... <laughs> So there's a anybody who's watching will see a um a digital um what would you call that proof mock-up, of what yeah. the mock up yeah of what it will look like and it looks like a small um Odyssey Arena. That's that's small <laughs> even by like yeah, elite league standards. Like you're five thousand, I think you're talking that's Brayhead numbers. Yeah, yeah. Just a bit bigger. I uh, two two thousand bigger than Cardiff. It's half. It's half of what you can get in the NIC. Jeez. Um, so I, Nottingham, you, that, Nottingham, the, yeah, Nottingham will be pulling in bigger crowds than Arizona this season. <laughs> well, to be fair, they probably already were. Obviously, <laughs> obviously, the, um, obviously, we know the Coyotes are set to play there um, from this season. This season coming from 2022-2023 season, um, and it'll also cover the up to the 24-25 season with an option to stay on 25 to 26. This is obviously following the the fallout between them and their uh, former um, venue, uh, which was a lot larger. I mean. Did any of you guys, when you've seen the Mullet Arena, were like, where did that name come from? Obviously, we know now it's because of uh, philanthropists who have obviously donated to the Arizona State University. Um, that's what their surname is, Mullet. But I just oh, thought yeah, to myself, really? when I, whenever they said Mullet Arena, I was like, oh, this is, this is, this is hilarious. Yeah, that's what I thought too. This is, was... this, is, this is something just to clarify for maybe like the next podcast. But I remember reading something over the, the summer Am I right in thinking that they don't even have the right to have their logo at centre ice? Is yeah, it the, ASU they, who are going to have their a, logo at centre ice? There was a lot of back and forth about that, and I think there was never an agreement came. I think it's still going to be the um, uni logo. So, see, the, see if you were the the group or the ownership group who were building um, their new arena in Tempe, would you not be terrified about who your anchor tenant was? Being the They're, Arizona Coyotes, yeah. Uh, what's the chances of them surviving um, the, these years? It's no. uh, and especially with so many large hockey markets sitting in the wings, wanting teams. Um, you know, the, how the long NHL has Quebec has went, been waiting? Exactly. How long through, has Quebec been waiting? Uh, they went through two large expansions um, with the uh, obviously the um, Vegas and Seattle, and we still don't have a team in Quebec. And we don't, and we don't have even things like uh, Kansas City. Um, have been calling out for a team. You know, there's bigger markets out there. Um, that are, that are that are after a team, and they're going to be playing out of a five thousand seater arena. And I, again, at the, what stage do you start going to rink again? You know, that's um, a that's a rink. That's yeah. not an arena. That's a rink. That's it's, it's um, like yeah. that's 
that's it'll a actually be, It'll feel a small, a lot smaller than um, the Odyssey, considering the smaller ice plant as well. Yeah, um, I was going to say the only the only positive thing coming out, and we talked about this like we at the end of last season, they put out the prices, the prices structure for season tickets, and they put out the prices structure for you know obviously the move ahead, and it was still quite like it was extortionate the amount of money they're still they're asking for tickets for this arena. The yeah. only positive thing that will come out of it is if you are a a, a Tampa fan, if, sorry if you are a fan here, if you're if you are a fan, um, you know. You are going to be closer to the action because it's so, yeah. so much smaller, and uh, you're going all, to see uh, yeah. all, all those seats are ice bowl. level seats. Yeah, yeah, all those on their all those NHL teams, that are, all those big NHL teams that are coming in. Um, at least now you're going to get a chance to see some of those bigger players, the bigger names um, coming in. You're going to see those. Um, you're going to it's the, you know. it's the day when they don't have us. The first game they don't have a sellout because I I do think there will be games that they will not sell out because yeah. people will be going. Well, why should I bother? You yeah. know, because they're like expensive it's tickets. Gonna be, it's going to be when they play other low or mid-season team or mid-table yeah. teams. Yeah, whenever um, the um, the Wild come over. Yeah. <laughs> wild, Preds, Flyers. Oh, God, there's going to be no one there when the Flyers go. <laughs> be one to be iron decide to fly out for it. One Flyer fan and gritty in the crowd. That's it. Nobody else there. Uh, <laughs> to be fair, it'd probably be a, a great to watch but uh, it'll be it's going to be interesting to see how they manage to survive on the revenue that that wrinkle bring um maybe i'm wrong maybe the they're getting everything super cheap um to be there um i don't know so we'll see see how that goes it'll also be interesting to see how um who gets preference whenever uh if arizona state makes it to their playoffs um because you know what i mean are they going to say to the Sorry, Coyotes, we're playing on Saturday because it's uh, our playoff game. <laughs> That's, yeah. <laughs> That's it, exactly. Well, this is the thing. They're not the anchor tenant. They not, are the not. second. They're completely secondary. Mm-hmm. I would even guarantee you that they don't get the use of ASU's locker room. So <laughs> I would, they're in the away I guarantee. Room. <laughs> I guarantee you they're, they're in either an away or the second, uh, or like the, mm-hmm. sorry, the third changing room. That's, that's going to be the Coyotes changing room because it's ASU's home. So they're going to yeah. take, there's going to be college kids with better facilities than yeah. these NHL pros. Yep. Yeah, I never even yeah, thought about that. Maybe they'll, they'll bring in big trailers and they'll have to use the big trailers as their dressing room. <laughs> they'll go with it's not a situation. It's not a situation I would want to be in, in that franchise. If you're a player in that franchise, like, jeez, have, well, a, sure have seen, a good season, guys. Um, was it... Uh, Castle, uh, Castle, Phil Castle mm-hmm. has decided to split uh, ways with the, the Coyotes. I wonder if that's anything to do with having to play out of a college arena. I um, told I that you that was just because they couldn't make enough the hot dogs in that arena for him. <laughs> <laughs> hot dog, hot dog, Phil's going where the hot dogs are. Oh, um, I, I, I think it's actually right. a really good form. You know, I think it's. Uh, um, he, 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 we do all know that he likes a wee bit of stardom. Sure, we've seen all those video, the, the advertisements he used to do um, back in the day. I um, wonder if he'll do any more now that he's in the uh, more glitzy part of the world. Um, in Vegas, we'll yeah. Indeed. In Vegas, yeah. Um, alrighty. So we will go... 
Oh, they're both for you, Marty. Yep. So both you wanna me. you can pick whichever one you whatever you fancy. Yeah, I'm gonna start off with the 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 the, the basically the the announcement the NHL put out this uh, this past uh, fortnight um, since our last recording. Um, as we know, COVID technically hasn't disappeared anywhere. It's still rife <laughs> and it's still around. Um, although you would think looking around and and the current trends around us um, that COVID didn't exist anymore but it it, it certainly does uh, the NHL have announced the COVID-19 policy for the 2022-2023 season and I just kind of want to touch upon it with you guys because obviously we've seen in the past a number of a number of issues in relation to uh, COVID um, particularly with one player Commander yeah, Kane <laughs> um, who obviously sorry, I've got a really bad cough at the minute guys sorry who got in trouble uh, two times because of COVID um, so obviously Obviously, there was, uh, the NHL have put out very clear uh, protocols for the 22-23 season. Um, this training camps are creeping up and they are just coming up very soon, um, coming at the start of September time here. Um, and the new policy was released as part of a seven-page document um, in, over, the last two, over the last week. Um, in the official document, the protocols created by NHL recognise the health and safety of players and personnel in the NHL, still a priority, and high vaccination rate of club hockey operations and player personnel was very positive uh, in the run-up of the 2021-2022 season. Uh, for the upcoming season, though, players are not required to have received the COVID-19 vaccine but they are strongly encouraged to do so as well as keep up with their boosters dosages as eligible for whenever they're eligible for them um the one thing that does come up um which is the pressing issue pressing issue which was one, an issue that happened last year is still the same one around the travel travel is one of the most pressing issues when it comes to COVID-19 and the NHL has instituted some new guidelines for the coming season allowing clubs to spend unvaccinated players who are ineligible to cross the border under federal and provisional laws without pay or for every day that they are absent from the team activities if a player develops COVID-19 symptoms test positive the player will isolate for at least five days and only permitted to exit isolation when their symptoms are gone and have received permission from the NHL's chief medical officer and the NHLPA's chief medical consultant players who continue to exhibit symptoms following initial five days isolation will continue to isolate and only be permitted to leave after the lab-based PCR test returns a negative uh, test as well um, if a player does test positive for COVID-19 said player will continue to be paid for their salary for as long as they are unable to participate in club activities for the postponement or cancellation of games NHL has outlined that the league will work in tandem with the commissioner to determine whether playing games offers potential risk to the health of players and club personnel and they'll make a judgment as to whether the games in question will be moved to a later date all in all basically what this kind of is alluding to is that if a player decide, if a player um, does not have the right to cross borders or cross into another district where a COVID-19 vaccination is required um, and the player has optioned not to have a COVID-19 vaccination then the team are within their rights to suspend the pay for that player for the days that they not, that they can't attend cl- club activities in said location, which is one thing. Well, I don't think that was done before. And this is a, a, an interesting one that they've brought in. The second one then is obviously then that conversation um, towards the end of that thing around the the whole thing around games being postponed. What they're currently saying now is that previously where they had one or two teams, when a team had a number of players that were tested positive, the game was automatically kind of judged to be not playable because key players were out of action therefore they would move dates and stuff what they're currently what i i think they're trying to say here if i maybe i'm reading it wrong or reading it incorrectly maybe you guys took it up differently was that if a player or if a player if it's one or two or a small number of players that have been tested have tested positive that the likelihood is the games will continue just with a depleted team 
um, is what I'm getting from it. Um, maybe they'll have that taxi system in a game with players coming in. But uh, am I getting the same? Are you guys getting the same kind of um, feeling around that as I am? And John, you getting the same? Yeah. I think probably the taxi teams probably you won't see. Um, I think what they will end up doing is treating guys who test positive the same as if they were on the IR. Um, so it'll be a call up and send down uh, type task, but the, the send down will be the isolation. Um, I think they'll be given uh, an allowance with the NHL to call guys up from the minors um, to fill those gaps. So I don't think travel is still a big thing and the guys coming from uh, AHL, OHL, whatever, they are still having to travel to be with the team. But I think what's probably more likely is that they are going to, yeah, just do a, a call-up type thing uh, and do it that way around rather than um, using a, a taxi squad because that's that's a huge financial implication on the teams as well is to have that taxi squad sort of ready to go. They're still taking part in team activities. Uh, they're training with the main team. It, it's too many personnel to have around the, the core team. So, yeah, that's that's where I think they'll end up going with it. Yeah. Dave, any, any differences, do you think? Yeah, I, I do agree. I do think it'll be a um, a call up, probably. The problem being is, um, you know, I'm not a huge fan of his. That the, the who is making that decision is, um, the the chief NHL uh, CEO. It's not uh, it's not like a board. It's a it'll be Bateman himself will be determining if a game is is cancelled uh, based on how that reads, um, rather than it being. Uh, like a discussion with the Players Association or with a more uh, distinguished board. Um, individual, uh, how involved is he going to be in each individual decision? Is he going to look at the roster and go, oh, there's only three guys out, but what if there are three netminders? <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so, but yeah, we'll see how it goes. Well, if it's it Arizona, be... they'll just call up the ASU guys and they'll just play instead. <laughs> yeah, they'll probably still be better. <laughs> but uh, we'll see how it goes. It could be it could be re- reading into nothing. Um, it could just be um, the wording of the the article. Maybe it's uh, going to be a bit more um, thought out than that. But we'll see. Um, my last story, um, guys, before we finish off this period, um, was obviously each year, as we know, um, this year, uh, the Lord Stanley's Cup was won by the Colorado Avalanche. Um, they won that this past June. Um, and as part of winning the uh, Lower Stanley's Cup, each player um, within the winning team um, gets to have their day with the trophy. So they get to have they get to spend the day in whatever way fashion they want. In previous years, we've seen um, we've seen some, I suppose, some interesting things happen with Lord Stanley's Cup. We've seen um, people drinking our beers out of it. We've seen, uh, if you remember correctly, whenever Washington won, uh, Ovechkin took the cup and it was uh, just a drunken party for a number of days and he brought it everywhere and anywhere and I think it appeared on like different sports venues and and, and everything else. Baseball, Baseball and everything. Yeah. Um, so this year is no different. Obviously, we've had the likes um, of, well, again, questionable things happening with it that I kind of wonder, like, you know, do people think about what they're doing whenever they're they're, they're having their day with the, with the trophy so for example Nicholas Obkubel, um he took the t- he took the tro- uh, the trophy up to uh, Quebec where he's from um, he ate poutine from Lord Stanley's Cup and then made a traditional soup from his hometown <laughs> in the in the trophy um, you know it, it, let's just say we know there's been a baby in there that has peed in that thing 
just going to say that. Um, we had um, we also had the likes of Jack Johnson, who uh, took the trophy to his local ice cream shop, and his children ate a hot fudge, hot fudge ice cream sundae from the trophy itself. And this was a couple of days after soup was made in it. Um, we also <laughs> had a lot of players um, in their hometowns um, basically parading it around on bus on bus parades. We've had it out on the water. We've had a lot of military convoys with it. Um, we've had some players. One player took it uh, to the Czech Republic, and they were drinking peppermint rum from it uh, with former teammates. Um, that was the that was done um, Pavel Vankos, um, and that was in Pilsen, Czech Republic. Um, but the most significant one, the reason why I mention it, is obviously the most significant thing that is I think that has happened this um, off season with Laura Stanley's Cup on tour is this past week um, for the first time. Uh, history was made um, in that the Nazim Kadri, uh, former Maple Leaf, um, moved to Colorado Avalanche, um, is believed to be the first player um, to uh, the first player to have brought the trophy um, for the first time to a Muslim house of worship, um, taking it to the uh, mosque, the London Muslim Mosque um, in London or Ontario. Um, Kadri, whose family emigrated to Canada from Lebanon in 1968, is the first Muslim and Lebanese. Can- Canadian player to win the cup um, and he brought it to the um, the place of worship um, so very significant um, obviously for for a number of reasons um, you know he brought his family along as well as part of that day um, and really kind of made a I suppose that is one of those key moments I suppose in the Stanley Cup history um, that will obviously be um, that will go down and will be remembered for a long time um, guys is there any other that, that kind of led me to think in terms of obviously I've mentioned quite a few different variations of Lord Stanley's um, tours um, and obviously the different things that have happened with him in the past uh, with it in the past anything from this year or from previous years that has uh, stood out that always, you always remember um, I should also remember I should also mention that a couple of days after obviously the these kids were um, eating ice cream out of it and people were making soup and stuff. Uh, Miko Rantanen um, had his dog finish his porridge breakfast from it. So there's photographs <laughs> of his dog eating food out of the uh, the cup. Um, so I just got to, you know, just highlighting the fact that hopefully someone cleans it really, really well between use. Uh, but is there anything in particular that stands out for you? Uh, John, anything for you? My my absolute favourite part of, um, not even the before the, the cup, tour started the season was how quickly the Avs dented the cup did you see yes after the after the was it game six when the Avs won it I don't did it go to game seven I can't remember but it was literally handed over and the captain skated over skated over to take the team photo with the cup and dropped the bottom edge straight down on and the photo that went round the world had this huge dent in the base of it. Um, now it's not as bad as when Ovi split it in half mm-hmm. by doing a keg stand on it. Yep. Um, but that <laughs> was probably the fastest that uh, that cup has been damaged. And we talk with experience being in Belfast here with how we like to damage trophies. I was just about to say. Um, I was just about to say that the the Giants have never had their hands on it. Otherwise, uh, you you're talking about quick. That I'm sure that'd be the quickest if the Giants had their hands on it. Um, oh, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be dented. There'd be a chunk taken <laughs> out of it. <laughs> Dave, uh, how about you? Anything in particular? 
Yeah, so the only one, um, I'll, I'll fire this article over to you as well, because um, I dug this out after seeing your um, your post to your story. Um, and the one I found, and I can vaguely remember it, I can't remember it uh, off, like, visually, but uh, I'll share it over. And apparently the, when the Stars won the uh, Stanley Cup, they tried to throw it into a pool. And they missed <laughs> at the oh. side of the pool. <laughs> oh. So we'll see if we can find the video of it. No, fire it over to. That's that's uh, wow. Um, can you just imagine the the depth of feeling that the keeper of the cup had watching that? <laughs> not not I, only were they throwing it like out of, probably out of a window into a pool, but like the fact that it missed. Can you imagine the noise it must have made? Like, <laughs> no. <laughs> Oh dear. Um that's it. That's that's all I had for for period two. Um Dave. Yeah, I think that there's no overtime this week. Um as I don't think we've had any preseason games uh in uh outside of the UK as of yet. Um as we said the CHL has started, but um we'll see the proof in the pudding as they go along. Um but I think that is us. Was that right in saying? Yep. Uh for this uh Period two of hockey. Period three is our general knocky news. news. Didn't even try this week. You kind of stopped dead there. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Knocky news then is where we talk about anything and everything else in the world of hockey that doesn't fit neatly into periods one or period two. Two. Uh, this time around, we have one story uh, from Marty. Um, and Marty, I'm not going to lie, uh, we had a chat about this pre-podcast. I can't even get into the story to read it. Um, so you're going to have to do all the hard work here. On That's this all one. right. Like you haven't done all the hard work on the rest of the podcast I'm, already I'm, anyway. I'm used to it. Um, <laughs> so obviously, uh, at the end of last season, we talked about um, the the U3 ice um the number three ice was a new league that was starting over the summer months um, during the the break between the NHL seasons. And the three ice was a three on three hockey league, which had an inaugural season as part of this year. Um, We've seen that there was a couple of names that we knew. I remember we've talked about it. There's a couple of names uh, in different teams that we kind of knew from previously in the elite league and across um, AHL and a few other places. Um, And it was interesting because it has started, it has officially started. And the reason why I brought it up is um, I wanted to go back to it was because it's a nice fun summer distraction, I guess. But after it started, um, it's kind of made people start looking at it from from a point of view of an interesting take on the rules of the game and how it changed how it's changed and trying to make the game flow quickly because obviously it's three on three they're trying to get it the flow trying to keep it as much action as possible keep it as fun as possible but it's thrown up some interesting questions from a number of different um commentators um within nhl um particularly who have just been discussing some of the the finer points of the rules and regulations within the three ice uh, league and guys i wanted to put up six i think it's about six of them six of the rules kind of the regulations that are happening some of the game this the styles of play little changes that will be unfamiliar for some people in terms of what's you what they're normally used to within the nhl as well as here in the elite league and i kind of want to get your thoughts in terms of what you thought was viable or if there's any of these that you think were quite interesting in terms of things that could be either implemented or should be implemented or things that could be changed and more so maybe thinking about you know obviously we 
you know, we, we see that, um, you know, in overtime as well um, within the NHL um, and with ourselves, you know, when we go into overtime now, we have a, um, we don't go, we don't do five on five anymore. It's three on three in the overtime section, two for NHL. Um, is there anything in this that would work as part of the three on three aspect of the game in overtime? You know, we kind of get it flowing a bit more um, and stop some of that, that dead play in the middle where people kind of neutralize it too often and there's not as much attacking as, as sometimes people have been complaining about over the last year or so um, so here's a couple of them anyway the first one obviously is that they've done away with power plays so there's no power plays at all no special teams at all um, still penalties but all the penalties that are received so if it's um, for slashing if it's for whatever it might be all penalties will result in a penalty shot now that penalty shot itself is known as a jailbreak penalty shot and that penalty shot is no longer directly one-on-one showdown with the goaltender it, instead what it is is a separate and isolated um it's a separate and basically what happens is the shooter then will take head start um will take a hard head start in front of the rest of the team uh but then everyone else opponents and team players alike can come in and join the play uh leading to more pressure um so it doesn't allow the player who has the puck um to have that single one-on-one fight with the with the uh with the goalie instead they have to kind of move as quickly as they can to try and get that one-on-one because their uh, opposing players and their own teammates are pressing down to try and help with those um those players there's a possibility of rebounds um as part of that as well um and, and there's also even passing plays too so if you are going down and you feel that you actually you could pass it instead and, and push forward um you can do that too there's a few videos um out there on youtube um some highlight videos of the three ice which we'll link in um on our on our website um after this pod after the podcast um it's worth having a look at because it is quite exciting the way it's done and it's quite fast flowing um and it kind of does remind me kind of a bit of um if you've played the nhl 2022 2021 there's a feature there's a, a there's a game feature in that that kind of like a street hockey type idea you know where yeah. um i think it's um do they call it rink hockey is it where they play you play it on the ice rinks and stuff it's an outdoors kind of feel to it it kind of has that feel um very much so um it's kind of got that more free-flowing kind of feel to it and it's kind of more I don't know. There's more interaction with all players and, and the ability to kind of stop playing and play and, and decide what you want to do in that in that moment. A couple of bits that I did find interesting. Um, I can't imagine the power play, the no power play thing ever really taking hold in, in the competitive five on five games or in the competitive games in the NHL or Elite League. Some of the things I do see, though, that could be, uh, could be of interest is this next one. Uh, the next one was pucks of uh, pucks off the netting remain live. So a puck that does hit the nets above the glass. So if you imagine where we sit in door 14 um, on our side on the west stand and also on the east stand, there is a net that goes around that side. Um, for anybody who's familiar with the rink I think most rinks will have that as well. I think I know definitely um, Glasgow has that. I know... Um, Nottingham have the net and as well I think most teams do have it above the plexi um, on, on on the sides behind the goals um, and if the puck does hit that net and above the glass it will be still live so once it comes down if it bounces back down onto the ice instead of it just being an automatic stoppage of play the play continues wherever it falls down nothing stops and it just keeps continuing the flow keeps continuing that's something I do see that would work I believe but I'll get your thoughts mm-hmm. in a minute uh, the next couple um, that I just kind of wanted to highlight there's three more um, intentional icing penalty so a puck that hits the netting above the glass oh sorry I've repeated that that shouldn't be there uh, intentional icing so the icing penalty basically here was that if the player intentionally if players intentionally ice the puck 
down um, the, as we know, if they intentionally um, shoot the puck down the ice in, uh, in purpose of to relieve pressure, it's a penalty automatically. So accidental icing will still be allowed, but the ref will make a, ju- a judgment call on whether it was intentional or not. And if they do deem that it was intentional, it'll be a penalty call. So again, you've got that penalty situation, again, that breakaway penalty situation. So it stops that, just that, that kind of relieving of pressure. It stops that kind of neutral it stops that you know that the kind of like neutralizing the play and, and that that stopping that free flow and action which sometimes people are complaining about um the crease and the bigger there's a bigger crease so it means more freedom for goalies we've seen this before that obviously the elite league only brought this in recently where they uh, added in the trapezoid um we've only seen that over one season here in the elite league but in the nhl it's been around for quite a while um in the case of three three ice there's no trapezoid goalies can play the puck anywhere uh but they're only protected within a modified larger crease area um which the league calls the mushroom which was quite an interesting uh, phrase and the last one i kind of thought was just this this one of uh no face-offs uh which was an interesting one so other than the start of a period three ice league doesn't have face-offs at all um any play including saves stoppages goals will just keep the game flowing um so um this means the goalie can't freeze the puck um, to do a save. Instead, they have to play it out and they have to play it onto a teammate, even if the attacking team is approaching. Um, so wow. clearing the zone is a lot harder. Um, so if you imagine if you're playing, uh, again, I'm going to go back to an analogy if you're, if you're playing the NHL game. So if you're playing NHL, whatever variation we're on, I know we're heading into 23 now, but if you're playing that and you're used to kind of hitting your button to allow the goalie to pass the puck back out again straight away, if you manage that, that style, there's never any stoppage. So it doesn't it doesn't actually lead to a face-off. The conti- it just continues. The goalie has to pass it out. The game doesn't stop as the goalie puts his glove down. Guys, uh, quite a few. There's This is only six of the ones I've picked out because I thought they were quite interesting. Is there anything here at all you think would work? Uh, John, I've seen your head shaking a couple of times. Is there anything in particular you thought would work, would doesn't work? See, if I'm being totally honest, I know I'm going to sound like what we uh, take the mic out of you for, Marty. Like, I don't like change. Um <laughs> I don't. I don't see any of those really working. Um, I know you said about the play, the puck off the 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 netting above the plexi. To me, that's a stoppage because the motion of that puck is unpredictable. Um, and I know that that might add something to it, but generally speaking, what's going to happen is that puck is going to hit the netting, rebound, and then drop dead to the ice somewhere behind the crease. Um, the other thing as well is unless you're going to nail that netting really tight to the plexi, more often than not, it's going to drop down and be caught either in the, the little scoop of net that they have at the bottom or it's going to drop down into the stands. Um, to me, that that doesn't work um, really. And face-offs, face-offs are a, a, an essential skill and part of the game. Uh, I'd, I'd like to see them going. The intentional icing penalty... Nah, I don't like it where a referee has to make a judgment call. It's either it is a penalty or it isn't a penalty. So either say that all icing is a penalty, at which point you could very quickly end up with an entire team in the penalty box, or it's not a penalty. And to me, it's, yeah, but it's, they don't... it's not a penalty. The new the new rules are designed not to allow a team to have um, an advantage by continually icing the puck because play the the linesmen are supposed to have that puck straight back up the other end of the ice and dropped almost immediately and the elite league even adopted that that uh, on icing the puck comes straight back up and it's put down there is no breathing time uh, on an icing call what i'm wondering um with that is with there being no face-offs um whenever you ice the puck 
Um, yep. What way are they returning it to play? To play. Mm. Um, how do you, how do you to... handle a penalty without a stoppage? Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see. Um, the well, they actually, no, sorry, were... they said all pet. Sorry, they did say because they said all penalties are penalty shots. Yeah, but uh, how would you uh, on a standard icing, an accidental icing? How would you return that to play? Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, that's uh, I digress. Don't the... get me wrong. I'm I'm all for I'm all for the three on three game as well because I assume that this based on the naming of the league, it's a three on three league. I love three on three. Um, I think it's absolutely brilliant. Whether it's um, college um, players, whether it's um, seasoned pros, or whether it's like pro am uh, or rec league, like three on three is exciting uh, in in any format, and it's really really cool. I think the the risk with this is that you start playing around with the rule book too much and get a little bit extreme. I mean, this is the sort of league where with these rule changes, I would expect multi puck to start being a thing. <laughs> Um, the thing I was uh, was wondering about, the other thing I was wondering about was the um, using the net not being a, an out-of-bounds. Um, what does that do for things like delay a game or um, all that, all those fancy penalties? You know, could you do use that as an intentional, um, you know, hunt, like huff it down from halfway down the ice and then... Um, get it in behind so proper dump and chase because it'll take a wee bit longer for it to fall back to the ground uh, so maybe you'll have time to get there <laughs> I guess I guess it's the same way again as they were going as they're doing I guess it's the same as what they're doing with the um, intentional um, icing I'm guessing it's a judgment call based on what the goalie see, or what the ref sees and if I guess if the ref sees that it's a it looks like an, it's intentionally been done then I'm going to guess that on the on the icing I suppose what Dave you're talking about is the ability to touch up the puck mm-hmm. but I would assume they would play hybrid icing with yeah. that. Mm. Yeah. So it would be about the position again, of the players. Yeah, and then... Uh, it's still a judgment the, call, and, and don't get me wrong, I don't like where there's a grey area. Let's be honest, well, this, is, this is a league that's been played for fun. This is a league that's yeah. been played for fun. If they think they've got something and if their players are having fun with it, it's fine. I just don't want to see it in the professional game. Fair enough. I just thought I'd throw it in anyway because I thought it was uh, it was interesting because obviously we talked about the three ice last 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 season uh, at the end of last season and uh, yeah just seen a few little bits of highlights this this past week um, doing the rounds on social media so I thought I would uh, throw that in. How did, how did it look? I haven't seen any. Yeah, as I say, check it out and see. Um, it it is very it's very fast flowing it's not like you know i'm used to if you're used to the, watching the three on three overtime section there is a there is some argument that has been had about how the three on three was introduced within it like you know to try and kind of speed get a bit up. of action speed up going and getting a bit more interest within that that kind of last that kind of um, games yeah and there's still this this adds a new feat this i think i definitely feel it from watching the videos this adds a new element to that you know it does it makes it even faster it makes it even more kind of energetic and more action-packed than what they what we're used to seeing um so it's definitely worth having a quick watch of if you if you get a chance we'll throw a link up and you can have a wee look at it and see i'll play it if they put it in nhl 23 um guys i just have one other story which i've only just dropped into the running order so bear with me on this one i just caught uh this one just caught my attention as we've been recording. Um, this is the story that um, last week um, in Ash Webinon in Wisconsin, in the outskirts of Green Bay, I've said it once and I won't be saying it again. <laughs> um, there is a first of its kind uh, event happening at the Cornerstone Community Center. 
uh, and this is um, four para, uh, para ice hockey women's teams are competing um, in the first tournament of its kind. Um, the US, Canada, and the reason I put this in is Great Britain are the three national teams with a world team who are being made up of athletes from Sweden, Latvia, Finland, and other nations of that ilk are competing. Uh, over 60 athletes are competing in this para tournament um, with the, they've got a three year um, cycle that they're hoping to go through with this world tournament where they're then hoping to transition that on to uh, a world tournament um, or into a proper championship tournament. But for me, the big story here is that Great Britain are on a par with a hockey system with Canada and Great... And um, obviously, they're on par with Great Britain. They are Great Britain. They're on par (laughs) with the United States and Canada with other countries having to come together to put a team together in a way that GB and these other two massive hockey nations have been able to do. Now, I bring this up because I think this obviously must be linked to the money that has gone into ice hockey and specifically into para-ice hockey by UK Sport. Um, One of the British athletes um, gave an interview uh, for this piece um, on a a local uh, website saying that uh, I saw a post on Facebook last summer uh, saying, do you want to try sport? So come on down. Um, that to me that's absolutely fantastic this is a a way into hockey for people who may not have any other way in other than being in the stands so to me this is absolutely fantastic yeah i mean we we talked about this um at the tail end of last season and then again there obviously um during just in the last episode and stuff obviously of the the key funding the key funding that is coming in um as part of uh development both within the hockey within the game of hockey and also um uh, para ice hockey as well um and we talked about this prior to the season and if you remember correctly we talked about um not just the uk putting investment into um development of para hockey um over the next number of years as part of the success after the most recent olympic games um, but we also seen even here in belfast there was a bit of um, investment put into um bar- buying new para para sledges as well um here in belfast and around the local area as well so there's obviously a huge development huge huge um huge investment has been happening within the game there and this is exactly as you say john you know it's grassroots people seeing it um as part of it uh you know ads on facebook and, and posts being put out and people have jumped on board and have taken part and as, as you say it's great to see yeah it's fantastic and a big thing for me is that part of this um, whole competition, part of this program, um, World Para Ice Hockey Sports Manager uh, Michelle Laflemme is is here with the end goal being to get this into the Winter Paralympic program as well. So they're aiming, um, based on her statement, for 2030 to try and get this into the Winter Para program. Um, so any advancement in the game uh, is, is absolutely fantastic. So it's great to see the sort of the governing body taking a, a, an interest in this as well. So it's fantastic. I thought that was well worth a bit of a shout out. Um, guys, that is the end of Noki News. We have nothing else to chat about there, um, which brings us on to the first time this season, I think, the star segment. Um, yep. The star segment then is where we get to highlight uh, a particular player, a particular goal or something. Uh, that has stood out massively to us that we think needs special recognition. Um, 
And guys, I don't think there's any question on this one. Um, Marty, there could only be one. Yep. Uh, for anybody who is in attendance um, at the SSA Arena this past weekend, um, or if you watched online, um, you will have seen that the Belfast Giants um, beat the Dundee Stars 9-4 at the SSA Arena at the end of uh, regulation time. However, um, there was additional uh, five minutes of play um, as the Belfast Giants announced their new signing, um, number 14, Ethan McCann, or McLean, sorry. Um, Ethan has, is no stranger to the uh, SSA arena. Um, he fulfilled a lifelong dream this past weekend of uh, being named as part of the Belfast Giants roster and played his first game um, on the SSE ice. Unfortunately, it was his first and his last game um, as the number 14 for the Belfast Giants. Um, we have got um, official, um, we got an official statement from his people um, today. I'm just going to, I've been asked to read that out. So uh, let me just get that up here. Um, it's with much sadness and uh, with much sadness that it has been announced that uh, Ethan has decided that he would like to, uh, he has to give up his skates. Um, we continue in the world of professional, would not be, it would not be unlikely to be continuing in the world of professional hockey. Uh, um, other teams could not handle how good he was. Uh, he's taking his professional chirping. Uh, he's going to take up his profession as official chirper instead. Um, so he is retiring after just one game. Um, I think, you know, quite on a Hang high. Hang the banner. Um, Hang the banner. <laughs> Ethan came on um, at the end of that game, as we say, um, scored a an impressive hat-trick, um, adding to the tally. So three goals scored by Ethan. Um, and also um, got into a bit of a... Um, a, 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 a I got into a bit of a, a, a word argument, a bit of an argument with um, the referees at the time. And I think it was the first time I've seen a ref getting sent off and put in the, the sin bin, uh, put in penalty timeout for two minutes um, for misconduct. I think it was on sportsmanlike conduct, I think was was the official penalty that was called on the night. Um Obviously, um, the the itself the, the night itself, a um, couple of things. Um, obviously, you know, Ethan... As we all know, Ethan um, does have a, um, a a life, I suppose, a life shortening um, condition, um, Duchenne macular dystrophy, um, and as part of that, as part, you know, as part of the things that he wanted to do, um, you, you know, was one of the one on one of his as his wish list was to to ice as part of um, the game. Um, the Giants have let us use the footage, um, the highlights. Um, so thank you to the Belfast Giants and Belfast Live, uh, Belfast Giants Live TV for allowing us to kind of watch this as we're, as we're talking here um, but Ethan did come on um, and you know cried for a play stayed in their seats um, after the game came to an end um, I mean the the sound we don't have the sound on but if you listen to it if you've watched it back the the audience went the, the noise was deafening um, for whenever Ethan um, joined the ice uh, and a couple of shout outs I suppose um, you know obviously Ethan himself obviously is our, our man of the match for, for the night um, but I think um, all fair play have to go as well to the refs and the official uh, Elite League um, officiating team who, on the night who um, stayed on the ice and took part of this and, and had a bit of fun with it um, as well as that also um, Dundee Stars uh, the full team um, after the game had finished the full team stayed on the ice um, um, for the length, the length of time um, with Ethan, um, helping him um, 
fulfill that moment uh, and also uh, celebrating with him as well at the end um he, they also um i think one of the big things as well um towards the end of the game which we haven't seen in a long time and um, because obviously of code regulations and covid um things was um they did do the line of uh handshakes at the end and they went along and and he got the hand the handshakes with each of the players um as they went off the ice um i think dave i think you know we were both in attendance and i think you you said it yourself like you know fair play to dundee for 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 taking part <laughs> I have to say that <clears throat> it's been a while since I've, you know, you've had really huge respect for an away team, you know, um, and whenever they, uh, we both said it, both did it, um, we we clapped the Dundee Stars off. They they deserved it, um, and you know, they could have been grumpy idle Watsits and just stormed off, but I think Jeff Mason's picked the the right bunch of guys to have in his locker room and they all relished the opportunity to be to do something so special um for Ethan. Um and he will uh, it'll be a, a landmark for Janice and for him. Um and it's as uh Gemma said it, uh, there wasn't a dry eye in the house. No, there really wasn't. Um it was uh, definitely a, a special moment um for, for everyone that was there. And as I say the noise was just deafening the whole way through. Uh I mean John, we um you know, I think you more out of you more so out of um the rest of us. Um, you know, you you've built a, a really good, strong relationship over the years, um, with the McLean family, um, you know, with Ethan and, and his mom and his sister and stuff. Um, you know, I mean, your thoughts, your take on it in terms of what you've seen from from the highlights and stuff? It's absolutely fantastic. The only thing I'm sad about is that I wasn't in the arena for it. Um, the the McLeans are just absolutely fantastic. Um, Ethan himself probably has better insight into the game than the four of us do um, mm-hmm. and would do well to start his own podcast, if he's honest. And uh, I would definitely unsubscribe from ours and subscribe to his if he did ever do it. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it, it's fantastic to see the... I think we need to definitely give a shout out to two people in particular uh, in making this happen for Ethan. Um, the first is Laura Small uh, in the organisation. She time and time again proves that she is probably one of the most important people in the Giants organisation. Uh, the work that she does behind the scenes, setting this sort of thing up, the the community outreach stuff that she does is second to none. Um, and being able to set something up like this for Ethan to give him that experience is is just massive. And having uh, over the years conversations that I've had with um, Ethan's mom Yvette and uh, his sister Amy, uh, it it means an awful awful lot. The second shout out has to go to Scott Conway as well. Scott Conway um, was the Giants player who escorted Ethan around the ice and was embarrassed by him with the level of skill on display. Um, the Team GB setup, obviously Adam Keefe is a, a GB coach as well. He would do well to immediately drop Scott Conway from the GB lineup <laughs> and sign uh, Ethan if it wasn't for the unfortunate uh, announcement of Ethan's professional retirement. Um, so Scott Conway can probably just stay in uh, the GB lineup as a result of Ethan hanging up the skates. Um, but it, it, in all honesty, um, Scott Conway stick taps uh, to you as well for facilitating that. And it's absolutely fantastic. I'm sitting here watching it like I haven't seen it already about 15 times. Um, and it's still absolutely brilliant to, to watch and to see both teams on the ice with Ethan as well is is just fantastic. Yeah, we um obviously we we are we're big fans, not just because, um, you know, obviously um 
you know we do know the family quite well but also we're big fans because you know he he did don the uh, a number particularly um of interest to us number 14 um he is coming his 14th birthday is coming up very soon uh, it is in september here it's got in the, literally in the in the next week or two um and so yeah that was uh no surprise that he, he picked the number 14 i know D- i know john i seen you asked that that number today um i think we kind of guessed that do you know what week, i asked but... i asked the question on twitter and yvette answered me and as soon as the response came through i was like i knew that i actually already <laughs> knew that um so suitably uh embarrassed by asking that uh publicly um on on twitter but uh doesn't change the fact 14 i what a I, number. I also wanted to i also just wanted a, a um just a quick a quick note as well about this whenever uh you put a, a tweet um on our official account last week um after the game saying about um about being number 14, the greatest about the 14. Greatest number 14 and the first person to like the post was another legend that wore that number for the Belfast Giants um, and Smotherman um, he acknowledged yep. it and, and liked it and stuff and I was like oh, oh no because you know we love you Smo but uh, yeah um, yeah it was, it was nice Se- Smo's now the second best person to second no- best number one, number 14 indeed nothing to be sniffed at after seeing Ethan like. yeah and I, want to just, I made the point to you guys as well but um, Smo continues to show his class with all of this because it would be one thing to say that retired professional hockey player Jordan Smotherman, former number 14 for the Belfast Giants, liked something on Twitter almost immediately um, around this story. And it wasn't just us. Uh, it wasn't just our tweet. He, w- he was liking stuff all around Ethan's story on social media. This guy's the head coach of the Worcester Railers. Yep. Yeah. Head coach and general manager of the Worcester Railers. And still he's still keeping, an eye, still keeping an eye on what's happening in Belfast. Um, so, yeah, we we were very, very pleased, Jordan, to see your, uh, see your face crop up on Twitter again for uh, uh, in a Belfast Giants manner, shall we say. There we go. So that is our star for this week. Sorry, yep. John. I um, still your... Marty, I think you still, I think you still have the the star there. Um, so I'm sure at some point we will be able to get that star down to Ethan and get a photo with him uh, with the the door fourteen star. Indeed, indeed. Um, guys, that's it for our stars for this week. Um, just before we finish the episode, um, we do have um two two parts to the overtime segment uh the first part i just wanted to do was just a quick roundup of um additional jerseys that have been released um obviously that in our last episode we looked at the the jerseys that had been released up until that point so we had uh, the likes of the the giants jerseys we had cardiff's jersey we had i think dundee manchester and coventry i think was who we looked at in the last episode um there was a Fife um, event this evening as of recording, which is the 1st of September at 7 p.m. Um, but as of yet on social media, there has been nothing released that I can see of on their official Facebook or Facebook, uh, social media channels. Um, I'm sure there's something out there from one of the the, Twitter, uh, the Facebook, the, the Fife Fire fans. Um, if anybody can find out why we're talking. Well, perfect. sorry, I've, I've just looked. And I mean, it couldn't get more Fife Flyers if you try. So at 6 p.m., they put a tweet out that said doors open in one hour who's joining us for a jersey launch and then one hour ago so about (laughs) an hour and a half after uh, they opened their doors someone replied saying when do we see the jerseys (laughs) wow (laughs) wow that's 
There you go. That says it all. Um, so we only have. So we 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 are waiting. Um, obviously Fife um still have to release theirs. Um, Guildford. I'm gonna get. They haven't released theirs either. There's been nothing yet for Guild from Guildford. I'm gonna guess it just looks. They have put out a post this week that said they'll be releasing it this week. Um, or they'll be releasing it in September before the season starts. So I'm gonna guess maybe next season next week um next but season. they said they said it's a throwback to a legacy jersey or legacy or the history of the club same as them. Yeah, so yeah. it's gonna look exactly the same as usual and the only other team that i couldn't find anything for was i think was um it was sheffield i don't think they i think theirs is also this coming weekend they have an official launch i think um possibly uh tomorrow as well uh, tomorrow evening which is the 2nd of september i think is what i read online so for this episode i just wanted to kind of the last the two that are currently um out and out there so i kind of wanted to get your thoughts on on these um so the first one we have um is the glasgow clan jersey um so for anybody who's watching on you uh, on our youtube channel you can see here um on our screen what we have but we'll put it up um they have went for three jerseys this year it's kind of similar to last year they have a well we'll get we'll get to that in a minute we have the home away and alternate gray jersey with the with the alternate logo g on it which i still stand by is okay um but a couple of things jumped out at me and i kind of wanted a th- your thoughts on it i know dave you're looking closely at it there too First off, is their home jersey blue? That's literally what I was about to say. Like, is it my monitor or did they have the that's the purple? It looks blue. It look it, it looks blue to me. It does not look purple in any way. I've looked at it on different. I've looked at it on three different screens today, and on all three different screens, it looks blue to me. It doesn't look like it's purple in any way. Um, so I don't um, know. If maybe I'm wrong. Well, no, it, it's definitely it definitely doesn't because look at the difference in color between the jersey and the um, the tartan being worn by Mel Gibson. Yeah, yeah, they're it's two completely blue. different colors. Yeah. yeah, and how how does that how does that happen in the design process? We talked about Cardiff making a complete screw up. If you've got a design process where your mascot is wearing a particular color, and you then make your jersey a different color, color. yeah, it's kind of like the, the team color. I kind of feel like they've moved away from their 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 like the purple is kind of what they're known as and, and the they haven't that, look at the G, look at the alternate logo and look at the purple on that I know I, but they, the, and the colour's still blue which is weird it's blue what, what's the deal with the um, double yes, colours yes they, yes thank you I see that too are they, that, <laughs> yes are they just wearing a different number, jersey no 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 so I don't think it's a double colour so I did see some footage that came out of their they didn't do a jersey reveal event but they did a player introduction event mm-hmm. and all the guys just skated out in skinny jeans and clan sockies oh. so i think what's happening is the guys are wearing clan sockies and then have their jerseys on the top which that, makes it look really really weird and it's really yes. poor management from that that to, makes to do that the guys should have the guys should have um like you know like bro cut v-necks on or something yeah. underneath so all you're or, or, is the jersey. or a shirt you know like the you know um draft day you know <laughs> <laughs> that makes that makes a lot more sense now because earlier on I was like, what? What was the whose design was that? So I think the saltire, like... I think the saltire is on the socky. The right. elite league logo is on their jersey. Right. Uh, I yeah. really don't like their uh, colors then on no. the actual jerseys. No. No, it's um, it's, odd. it's the same as the as well, not the same as the Giants one. Sorry, because the Giants colors are actually our team colors. Um, the, and the, the white and the, one and the, the colors. One. The white one's the best one because it doesn't have any clashing colors on it. The the purple is the color that's on their mascot. The rest of it is just white. So that to me is the only one that actually has um, 
kudos with the hmm. with the team. I still uh, think it looks a bit. I, th- I still think the white one loses a bit. It doesn't. It, it looks. I feel like it loses a bit of their brand identity in in some ways. Looks I just a think bit that training jersey. Yeah, I just think that that purple that purple that they, that they've come to be known for. Um, it's just like it just. It's just a strong color. See, yeah, they've blue I'd be sleeves. Interested by the way, on the white jersey, look like yeah. Uh, that's what I was going to say. Blue. Yeah. I can't. I can't see what the design, the final design of the white jersey sleeves look uh, like. It's, it's blue. Um, and it's I'd be interested to see that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you can see it at the sides of the guy because the um, it's blue then black. Um, um, especially the invert of the blue jersey. Also, uh, why why is the the shirt that Peaks is wearing? Why is it G instead of C? Why is their identity Glasgow, Glasgow instead of clan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get you. Like us having a big B. Yeah, That'd be exactly. A bit weird. <laughs> now, I get, I get it. Maybe someone has like thought about it and gone, okay. Yeah, but it's still so... not in Glasgow. Uh, yeah, but okay, I can, Semantics. I can kind of see it where like the big R. Is it, Cal- is it Calgary? <laughs> is it Calgary that wears a flaming C? Mm-hmm. So they wear, they wear the city. They don't wear a flaming F. But the flame is still on. I was about to say, yeah, the flame's still, still part there. of that. Yeah. This is, this is nothing. This is trash. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Um, and if anything, it like, looks okay, like a... yes, it is the CMG from their logo, but oh no, it's not. No, it's not. It's not because that weird tick at the top. Yeah, they don't have the, the, so curve it's not even the same. It's not even like our. Remember our first Pride jersey where they had the G. At least that was the G from our logo. That's not it's even the, the G same from logo. font as it says on Clan on the but other jerseys. The G. But is a G instead of a C, so it's a confusing mess. Is what Glasgow have this season. Well done, guys. Mm. Yeah. Maybe they're trying to maybe 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 that's an amalgamation of the C and the G, so it stands for Glasgow Clan. Or maybe I'm giving them too much credit. Giving them good. Lastly, we have the only other one that was available uh, for this podcast was the Nottingham Panthers jersey. Uh, nothing too out of the ordinary. <laughs> Not. Nothing too out of the ordinary here. Um, I, I do actually rather the choice in yellow. They f- went mm. for a yellow, not a mustard this year, which is, is pretty good. Um, very Boston uh, of them. <laughs> um, rather than going for the, the mustard colour that they're used to and having burgundy randomly in it. Uh, the black and gold, uh, black and yellow, black and gold, whatever you call it, does look a bit better. Um in general, their jerseys look quite clean. Yeah, they do. Um, um, and that's the benefit of your your sponsor being called Nottingham. Yeah. Um, the white one particularly, um, it looks very clean. It doesn't look cluttered with sponsorship. And I don't know if that's yeah. by choice. But even those arms, I don't know if it's going to be different for, like, you know, obviously on the once they, I don't know if it's going to be different once the, the teams get started and if the, the replicas are going to be different. But, you know, those white arms are just clear f- sponsorship okay there's something here on the, the the yellow and the black on the on the right on yeah. the right arm that we're looking at it here um but you know in terms of large sponsorship logos it's very clean there's very little there and i think we actually yeah. i think we recognized that last year too and i think we kind of gave them kudos for that too last year because they, they get away with that because their title sponsor is their technically their name as well so because their title sponsor is called nottingham building society which means that they can get away with having that as their you know instead of having to have nottingham on their jersey as such if you know what I mean it's the same reason why the Giants took away the, the Belfast 
Yeah, but I would, agree, I, would, I would agree with you, Dave, that yellow um, alternate jersey that they have. I think it must be a Challenge Cup alternate jersey, that that, that yellow one. It is pretty. It's pretty nice, to be fair. Um, it's it does it's look a good. lot better than Stands their mustard out. color. Yeah. Uh, John, I know it probably hurts to talk about it, but uh, talk about it in, in a positive way. But is there anything there you like in, in terms of their designs? Uh, no. Um, it's the same same stuff. It's not just because it's Nottingham. Um, I think they're it looks like a press jersey same... but... <laughs> <laughs> that's that's gold that's now, the same color the difference, the, same color. The, difference, the difference here the difference here being look look what the focus of that jersey is the logo the team logo is high on the jersey now I get it we're a different league we're a, an advertising jersey league but the the Panthers are another one of these teams that are suffering with the sponsor looking more important than the team identity. Mm, okay. This Nottingham Building Society thing with um, who I'm assuming is Robin Hood um, up at the top, which is um, hilarious to have a thief uh, as your um, sort of title um, for or your logo for your business is uh, we're going to rob you and give it to the people poorer than you. Um, so you're, you're building society basically saying that we're going to rob rich people to give poor people money um, but separate to all that yeah it's it's sponsor first and then it's team and I, I don't like that let alone I just don't like those jerseys uh, in general um, I think uh, I think a five year old could make a, a better attempt and to be honest not one of those players looks happy to be wearing those jerseys it's because they have to play for the Nottingham Panthers um it's fun. It's fun to do with the jersey. <laughs> before you, lastly, before, I'll, sorry. sorry, I'll throw it out there that uh, the Flyers have not put any social media stuff up except on their Facebook, where they have reposted a live TikTok feed that they had of their jersey launch. Um, but I'm not going to hold up my phone to the camera. Um, they seem to have a blue jersey, a white jersey, and an alternate gold jersey. Um, which I once we get some proper images, we'll post them and we can talk about them uh, at the next podcast. No worries. Um, I would just say that's funny, John. Before I was moving on, the um, the last part um, when you mentioned about the another team suffering from the 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 giant the bigger sponsorship over the logo. That's the first thing. If Aaron had been on the podcast tonight, that was the first thing I was waiting for him to say. Um, would be I knew he would have noticed that first thing, and that would have been the first thing he would have said as well is about the logo size. So. Um, yeah, I think you you're both on that you're both on the same thing there. Um Aaron, you can let us know if we were right or wrong. Um okay, that's that's it for um for, for, I suppose for for that part uh, only thing to do it, we've got one more part of our um, overtime segment just to kind of round off um, and I've titled this um, ask John. Um <laughs> Just because uh, it's we not have, ask John, it's it, the Mark asks questions of John Mark, segment. <laughs> it just so happens that Mark Mark has sent in a couple of questions for this um, for this podcast, uh, but it just so happens that those questions, two questions in particular, uh, those questions um, just happen to be targeted towards John. So, um, John, I'm going to bring up the questions now, and uh, you can kind of give us your take on it. So, the first question is uh, first part question. Um, I just want to say, uh, firstly, congrats to John on becoming a father, um, and has moved back to Bonnie, Scotland. Um, first question is does his lack of presence at Giants games this year mean that I can wind him up even more uh, without worrying about a slap on the back of the head at the next game 
And the second All right, question. Continue. Ask, ask, ask the other one. I'll the give my question, succinct answer to everything. The second question. The second question was: Can you get John to explain and elaborate on something from last week? He stated that a team from Group A, i.e., the Giants group, can win the Challenge Cup in five games when they have to play the other three teams in the group twice: once home and once away. So three times two equals six games, just in the groups, not five. Let's hope Catherine is in charge of this kid's education. <laughs> go. Right, okay, so I'll, I'll go from the top. So, uh, thank you, Mark. No. And, um, I don't know, probably, but it's the Challenge Cup, and I, Marty, get the beat machine ready. I, I don't give a f- <laughs> It's the Challenge Cup. Oh, thank you. I'm going to have to add in... Um, yeah, if you I want g- the uncensored version, go to YouTube. My my um, my exact response to him at the time um, was, um, and I don't mind saying this is my response to him. Um, uh, I'll just read out my exact phrasing, John, so I don't get it wrong, so that you can so you know exactly what I said. Um, I, first of all, I went. I did say I love that this is targeted, John. Makes me makes my day. Was the first thing I said, and I just said um, it's a sheer. It's it's John's sheer confidence when he says things that makes me believe him without question. So that's what I said, John. Um, and he did say you would be a good salesman. Um, so yeah, with that. That takes us to the end of this episode. Um, as usual, you can check out um, all the content from uh, this episode and previous episodes at our website, door14hockey.com. Um, you can get involved, check out and add in stories, um, get involved with our, um, get involved, um, reach out to us on our social media. Uh, we're on all social media channels, uh, Facebook, uh, Twitter and Instagram at door14hockey. Yes. <laughs> um, hockey? Hockey? Um, Are we a hockey podcast? <laughs> um, check out our, if you haven't done so already, you can check out our video version of the podcast on our YouTube channel, which links will be added um, to our social media channels and it's also on our website. And also uh, you can listen to us as usual, both on what you're currently listening to or your podcast of ch- your podcast provider of choice, as well as your smart speakers at home, um, Google, Alexa, or siri whatever smart speaker you may be using um just ask for the latest edition of the door 14 hockey podcast um leave us a comment leave us a written whatever it is on your platform of choice um it helps with the algorithm and all that stuff and gets us seen even more um guys with that that takes us to the end of this week's show i'm marty i'm dave i'm john and i'm trying to do some maths <laughs> have a great <laughs> so week so i can smell bacon <laughs> 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 <laughs>